God's grace, his mercy, and peace are yours this day and forevermore through Jesus Christ, his Son, our Lord. Amen. In 2003, a man by the name of Aaron Ralston went hiking in the Blue John Canyons of southeast Utah. It's a beautiful day, blue sky shining, and he was hiking his heart out when he lost his footing. He slipped and fell, and on top of him fell an 800-pound boulder, trapping his arm in the canyon. For five days, Aaron suffered. He was suffering from dehydration. He was on the verge of death, and he decided, I've got to do something. I've got to do something. I can't die here. And so he hacked off his own arm, using nothing but a pocket knife. He knew survival was at hand, and so he took the extreme measure of amputating his own arm. And he carried himself out of that canyon, bloody, weak, but he survived. It took extreme measures for him to go on. In our text that Peter just read, Jesus describes extreme measures. Not any less gory than the story of Aaron Ralston hacking off his own arm. Jesus tells us, if your body parts are causing you to sin, dismember yourself. Use whatever it takes. You got a meat cleaver, use a meat cleaver. You got a sharp stick, use a sharp stick. All you got is a pocket knife, use the pocket knife. Jesus tells us if our hands are causing us to sin, if they're taking things that don't belong to us, if they're picking up stuff that we really shouldn't be picking up, take the extreme measure. Cut off your hand. Because it's better for you to have one hand or no hands and go into the kingdom of God than with good working hands that sin to be cast onto the garbage heap. To be burned eternally where the worm doesn't stop consuming you. It's kind of extreme coming from Jesus. He tells us if your feet are leading you to doors you shouldn't be going into. If they're taking you to that bar that you know you really need to stay out of. If they're taking you to that person's house that's bad news. Cut off your feet. Because it's better for you to be lame, to not be able to walk, than with fully functioning body parts be cast again onto the fire, onto that garbage heap, where the worm doesn't die, where it eats you forever and ever. It's kind of extreme. And lastly, if your eyes are causing you to sin, if they're looking at people you shouldn't be looking at, if they're going to places you shouldn't be going to, if your eyes are reading things they shouldn't be reading, grab a sharp stick, pluck them out. Because it's better for you to be blind than with working eyes that cause you to sin, or worse yet, cause someone else to sin, than to have those eyes and be thrown into the fire again. These are pretty extreme measures coming from Jesus. 
Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're saying, Joe, this, this passage is, is descriptive, not prescriptive. Jesus isn't really recommending that we hack ourselves up. That's not what he's saying. And sure, you can read it that way. Unfortunately, some people have read it the other way at different times and in different places. See, Jesus knows that it's not your eyes that cause you to sin. It's not your hands. It's not your feet that cause you to sin. Two chapters before in Mark 7, he has these words to say. For from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, your hands, murder, adultery, coveting, your eyes, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness, all of these things come from within, and they defile a person. He knows it's not your hands. He knows it's not your eyes or your feet. It's your heart. So let's take the next step. If your heart is causing you to sin, rip it out. Take it right out. Because it's better for you to be dead than to be fully alive and be cast into the fire. Now that's extreme. Because Jesus knows that it's only through death that you can enter the kingdom of God. And it's only through his death that you can enter the kingdom of God. That's extreme. Hacking your body to pieces is one thing. Dying is another. So Jesus takes the extreme measure. God the Father sends him to that cross. There was no more extreme punishment than what Jesus went through. On that cross, Jesus went to the extreme measure of causing his hands to be crippled as they were nailed on that cross. He goes to the extreme measure of causing his feet, allowing his feet to be made lame with nails through them into the wood. And he allows his eyes to be blinded when hanging on that cross, he looks up into heaven, seeking his heavenly father. And he's not found. His eyes are blinded to his Father's glory as he hangs there on that cross. And he goes to the extreme measure of allowing his heart to stop beating. Jesus knows that it's only through death that you can enter the kingdom of God. And he does it. He takes the extreme measure of allowing himself to be made crippled, to be made lame, to be blinded, and ultimately dead so that we can enter the kingdom of God. And how do we do that? Well, we have baptism. It's a wonderful, baby-filled, gentle, kind of cooing, lovely, white, flowery event. Did you ever think of baptism as extreme? God the Father uses baptism as an extreme event in a person's life. Where in that water and word, he comes down. 
and he takes that little baby and he renders that baby blind, lame, crippled, and ultimately dead. But he doesn't leave that baby in that state. He takes that little infant after the extreme measure of rendering it, all of those things, and lifts it back up alive. Alive, refreshed, renewed, and restored. See, it's because of that baptism, that water and that word that connects us to that cross, that connects us to that death that Jesus suffered so that we don't have to. All of those sins that our eyes help us to do, our hands and our feet, washed away, made clean. That's pretty extreme. When you consider it would be easier to hang on to all of that stuff, to not let go of all of that sin. But in that crucifixion, in our baptism connected to that, it's wiped clean. It says in Romans 6, 4, we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. We walk in newness of life. We're not lame in this new life. Our feet work. We're able to walk. Some extreme measures that Samuel, in 1 Samuel 2.6, it says the Lord kills and brings to life. It's a great baptismal verse. But it's not only connected to baptism. There's something more going on here. The Lord kills and brings to life. Just as he did Jesus on the cross, he does for us. He not only kills us, But he brings us to life. Not once in baptism. There's a second time that it's going to happen. Just as it did for Jesus, it was in the glorious resurrection. In that three days following, when Jesus came up out of the grave, extreme measure of overcoming death, defeating death, God says, in your baptism, it's going to be you too. It's extreme when God says, in the end, I'm going to call out. Call out to the graves where you will be lying there. Your hands that once worked will now be falling off. Those feet that once walked will now be not walking so much. And those eyes that used to be able to see deep in the grave, in the casket, however it happens, those eyes won't be working again until... God says, it's time for something extreme to happen. He's going to call us out of that grave. Not only that infant in baptism, but that dead body laying in the grave is going to come back to life. And not just life, new life. Those hands will work again. Those eyes will see again. Those feet will walk. And we will be able to see him in all of his glory. Your eyes will never have worked better than when he says, it's time. It's time for you to come out of that grave and live again. So we have extreme measures happening even today. After baptism, 
before the resurrection, that wonderful now and not yet that we talk so much about, what happens in between? Well, you've been raised to new life. Your hands, they're made new. Right now, today, they're not yours. These new hands are Jesus' hands. They're made to serve. They're made to reach out a hand of friendship to someone, an arm around the shoulder. These hands are made to take a sandwich to that homeless guy that you see at the bus stop every day. Not to put in your pocket and walk past with your eyes down. These hands are made to serve. These feet that you have, these newly restored, fresh new feet, are used to walk out into the world to share this good news, this new life that you have. These feet are made for walking, if you want to sing that song. And these eyes that you have, these eyes that work, are made to see that word of God, to see Jesus in somebody else. They're made to share that gospel as you read that word to your children or to your Sunday school class, your confirmation. They're new. They work. It's a wonderful new life to have this glorious baptismal pre-resurrection at the resurrection life that we have. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. In Christ, we are new. In Christ, we are set free. And in Christ, we are extreme. And now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant, Equip you with everything good, that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. We rise and sing hymn 720.